Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm Creeping It Real. And Rob really likes our intro. I love the intro, man. It's just <laughs> it's such a bop, as the kids would say. It's, it's a bop. Aw, as the kids would say. Yeah, hey. Oof. I don't know. <laughs> I keep hearing people doing that and then going she and I'm like, please don't do that. Please, yeah, I don't. Please. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand a large portion of what happens in today's realm of it's the Internet living. recycle culture. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah. OK, so uh, if you're here on YouTube, you're getting a double dose of reptile talk this, this week, week, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so yesterday we were just talking with Aussie Boyds and uh, tonight. I'm super pumped this is cool. about this because you guys don't understand. When I was doing YouTube all those years ago, mm-hmm. and I started to find this person's videos, mm-hmm. I was like, man, he's got some really cool stuff. And But it was the introduction that like sealed me in. Yeah. And that introduction is, it's Brian Gundy from For Goodness Snakes. Hey! What's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many times I've said that, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, I still get people who are like, you're Jeremy T. from J&D Reptiles, right? And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, we were I went out herping road hunting the other night with a friend of mine, and he's kind of new to all this. And and we're out, and uh, we, so we found some people that had just found a rattlesnake or something. So we mm-hmm. pulled over, and we started talking to him. And then immediately, the, as one of the kids looked at me. They go, "You're Brian Gundy." And I, <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome! And it's just you know, it's just I don't know even what to say. It's just it's fun. It's crazy. It's, you know, yeah. That's so cool. That's man. so awesome, man. It really is. I was telling I was telling Rob. Uh, uh, this is a little while, maybe like two or three weeks ago. I was down visiting a friend of mine in my hometown. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as I'm as we're leaving this restaurant. This guy is, who's walking into the restaurant like double takes and is like, you're Jeremy from Nerd. And I was like, I am 100 miles away from Nerd. Like, <laughs> how do you know that? Yeah. Well, now, now you know why, right? It's yeah, you. yeah, exactly. That's too funny. Dude, it was literally the weirdest. Like, I expect that at a reptile show or like if you're around reptile yeah. people or whatever. But yeah. If anything, it was one of those like, man, you really just you don't know who's into the industry and yeah. where the reach of the industry has gotten to these days, which is amazing. It really oh, yeah. is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with the what you you know, you guys and people like you are doing, because this is really it must be accelerating this hobby or our passion into the world of of people that don't know about our animals, you know, and yeah so yeah i want to take my hat off to you guys for doing such a good job oh no we appreciate we're trying you're out there doing education too though man don't don't sleep on that absolutely you see you out there boots on the ground teaching people (laughs) how do you feel about uh doing the programs out where you're at how's it been since covid 
Oh, it's starting to pick up big time. I have uh, one on Saturday, two on Sunday. I'm booking programs for schools and summer camps literally almost every day now. So, oh wow, that's awesome! Like it's all going to come back and everything's going to be fine. So, awesome, awesome! Yeah, yeah, thank you. That. That's that's exciting. Hell yeah, man! Okay, so for the people who might not know you, which I feel like if anybody is actually like got a heartbeat and existing on any sort of social media, especially YouTube. Uh, they've got to know who you are. But for those who might not know uh, who you are and how you got like into reptiles and, and gotten to yourself where you're at now, can you just give the people like that brief synopsis of it all? <laughs> brief. brief or not brief. You know, I mean. <laughs> you're talking to the gift of Gab here. It's nothing's brief. No. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a kid, I just, I was into every type of animal you can think of. I, I, um, you know, I had my, you know, just the normal mice, rats, hamsters and stuff. But I also had a raccoon as a pet and a possum and a great horned owl and a red tailed hawk and uh, lots of, uh, you know, I competitively raced pigeons for 25 years. What? I was, yeah, I was a vet tech for nine years. I worked with an exotic veterinarian. So I've worked with mountain lions and cheetahs and African lions and wolves and chimps and and about three years ago, I started the business called For Goodness Snakes. And uh, at that time, I was breeding and selling colubrids. This is about 30 years ago. And I was getting burned out. I was producing about 350 colubrids a year back in the Bob, you know, Applegate era and Lloyd Lemke and all those guys. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I was getting burned out and I thought, you know, I, I was looking at some photographs or some reptile magazine one day and I saw a photograph, the first photograph I ever saw of a pied. And mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to take all the money I'm going to get from selling that my Calubrid collection and then just turn it around and get right back into ball pythons. And that's what I did. There and, you go. You know, progressively worked from there. And uh, about 10 years ago, I got laid off my job after working 30 years at the same company. And I was a manufacturing manager and felt sorry for myself for a couple of days and then started thinking, well, I wonder if I can turn my hobby into a business that will actually pay me enough money to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that's when I started going out and doing the educational presentations and going out and doing cold calls, just you know, walking into a school office. I, when I first started doing, I'd walk into an office unannounced, uninvited with a ball python wrapped around my neck. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and uh, that's how I started, but that's not how I do it these days. But, yeah. uh, but you know, you, people that were in the office, you know, real quick, when you're walking into a school office, if you've got friends or foes, it's either they're walking towards you when they figure out, you know, they read the hat, they read the shirt and and they're they're you know going to do the math, and it, either they walk toward me or they sometimes literally run, run, <laughs> literally with chairs hitting the ground and everything, mm -hmm. hysterically running out of the office. So yeah, it's just been a blast. I'm having a blast. I'm you know doing my reptile programs. I'm you know I'm only I'm probably going to have about fifteen or eighteen clutches this year. So I'm not a big breeder, but I totally focus in on the, the highest quality animals that I can produce. And, mm. uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Wow. Heck yeah, man. I, I think one of the, uh, 
one of the the trademark things that you've had going on with ball pythons has been the the gold blush stuff <laughs> sure. uh you know so so can i because i don't even think i really know but what was the origin of of the gold blush gold blush mojave stuff where did that kind of originate you know when i um first started with ball pythons one of my first purchases was from uh dan and colette sutherland and i mm. i i was really lucky i was able to hand pick um my my first mojave from them and um I personally think, you know, that because um, Colette through the years and, you know, Colette and, and uh, you know, Dan go way back. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was a time when Colette was producing some of the finest looking normal ball pythons around. And, and, you know, sometimes their prices were even, you know, three to $500 for a normal. And mm-hmm. so I just, I think personally that I, I must've picked something up from that purchase and, um, through the years of breeding that line of Mojaves, I started picking out normals that didn't look as, you know, didn't look like normals, but they were normals. Yeah. And it never dawned on me that a normal, you know, it, I don't think at the time, you know, specials were around. I don't think, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yellow bellies weren't around. And, you know, so you didn't think too much of a, of a normal having a genetic trait or a normal looking ball python having a genetic trait. So through the course of time, I would just start noticing that in this particular clutch, I'd end up having these normal babies that were just exquisitely bright and yellow and just really nice. And then they had these yellow dots underneath their nostrils that were pretty obvious and you do wouldn't see that in any other normals. So I started kind of hand picking those normals out and um, pro- progressively through the course of time uh, proved that it was a genetic trait. I was actually, excuse me, able to reproduce uh, the, <clears throat> the gold blush mm-hmm. and, uh, and then started, you know, infiltrating it in whole, in the whole collection. And, um, that's pretty much where it is now. And it's, you know, now I'm, I'm got to the point where, you know, I should be producing pies and clowns, gold blush pies and clowns and orange dreams and whatever. Uh, I'm just mixing it into everything. It's about ready to explode is what I'm saying. <laughs> cool. I, I dig that so much. And, and that's, you know, we've talked about that a few different times on, on the podcast where like those subtle traits and, and, and line bred kind of polygenic things yep. like it, it, for ball pythons that boat kind of got missed because yeah. of how fast mutations started coming in and then when people sure. started realizing oh you can just stack all these things and make these really cool looking animals yeah. the thought process of line breeding which really comes into play a lot with colubrids and leopard geckos and like all of that stuff we just sure. missed the boat on that with ball pythons almost totally so it's it's cool that you've you've spent the time on this project and really developed it and now are able to get it into yeah, some sense. of these other yeah, classic mutations. I was pursuing the project. Uh, at one time, the the animal that I had basically pulled out of and to, you know, to hold back and to continue the gold plush uh, project, then it died. So I had mm. to wait another two years to find another gold blush within my collection and hold oh. it back, grow it up. So now was to isolate the gene trait. You know, it's things like that. It was, it's been yeah. a, you know, yeah. But yeah, now I'm, I'm actually producing babies from gold blush females. So 
that's working out great. That's absolutely awesome, man. That's I, cool. Yeah. Seriously, kudos to you for oh, for, for going through on that because so many other people would just be like, ah, just let me just go yeah. buy some twenty thousand dollar snake and just make more, you know, twenty thousand dollar snakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well it was here in the collection and it it you know it really is a nice enhancer uh gene trait. And so yeah. for that reason, you know, I, it wasn't like I had to go out and buy it. So I just started utilizing it and bringing it, you know, bringing it into the collection and, or even more, you know, and, and just yeah. infiltrating it. So that just about everything at this point has gold, Any, everything that's been in my collection, you know, from the beginning, as far as um, whole backs and things like that, it's mm. all, all, everything has gold blush in it now. That's freaking awesome. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. So is there another, so, I mean, obviously you've got ball pythons, but is there, is there another species of, of reptile that you, that you breed on any sort of like larger level or is it like just on the ball pythons these days? Yeah, I'm just breeding ball pythons. I did, you know, I started out with colubrids and Mm. loved them and I still love them. Um, and then I was into boas for a while and Mm. I still love them. Uh, but I'm just, I'm not a very good boa breeder. <laughs> so I produce more slugs than anybody I do, you know, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to boa breeding. So I just basically got, you know, got out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, yeah, the ball pythons. I dig it. I definitely dig it. Um, is there a, is there a trait that has caught your eye recently that you're like, man, I want to, I want to kind of dabble in that a little bit. Well, I'm a little late in the project, but Desert Ghost is obviously a great place to be, you know. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, no, I've just I want to get special into my projects and you know, some more enhancing enhancing genes and uh everything I'm working with is pied and clown, so I'm just mixing mm-hmm. and matching and hopefully we'll start to produce some things that um, you know, I've never seen before anyway. And that's really what my goal is, whether it's, whether it's, it's been produced by somebody else. I don't know. But if, if I have not seen it, either a photograph or whatever, then, and I produce it. Oh, that's super exciting. You know? mm-hmm. Heck yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Um, okay. I know that Rob wants to totally talk about this topic too, which is great. <laughs> but okay. Go we, for it. We, we've got to talk about, some field herping. I was just gonna say we can't do this, do this without talking about some field herping yeah, right now. I'm just saying. I, I've I've heard I've seen some videos and I've I've heard from some potentially reputable sources that uh, that you're kind of like the guy for for some field herping Sensei stuff. Yeah, the West Coast. I go every, I um, I go almost every day. That's Dude, awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm very envious. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I see animals all you know snakes oh and a lot of other animals but yeah to me it's all about getting out in nature and you know i'm not just herping i'm i'm looking for birds of prey i'm looking for mountain lions i'm looking for bobcats coyotes you know anything that's kind of out there you know as far as uh over the top as far as animals go (laughs) predatory animals i'm really into for some reason i'm really into predatory animals and and the mountain lion is really the one that's on the bucket list. So that's really my focus these days. Uh, but yeah, I'm not herping all the time. <laughs> yeah, I just I just got back from a trip from Utah, like southwest Utah, not too yeah. long ago. And when I was out there with all those guys, I was literally like, man, I don't know if I could live out here because I would just spend 
all of my time field her like every day i'd be out there field her and just looking for stuff i don't know if i could like because up here where we're at like there's five months out of the year where you cannot find any everything's hibernating everything's yeah underground i can find snakes uh throughout the year that's awesome that's so cool yeah i envy that i'm very envious (laughs) (laughs) and what's nice about it is i you know i can you know hit the road about nine o'clock in the morning and do a couple of you know places and do what i call the circuit where i'll just Mm -hmm. hike out about two miles and while doing my two mile circuit, I'm out there. I've got my boards. I've got my pieces of sheet, sheet metal or whatever. And I'm just mm-hmm. out there flipping and I can be home by, you know, 11 o'clock or something like that for just for lunch or, but yeah, <laughs> I see a bunch uh, of different species. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, video I put on Instagram yesterday. I think it was uh, of the gravid Northern Pacific rattler. I found. Yeah. Oh, I missed that one. Dang, that's awesome. That is pretty sweet. And a friend of mine and I went uh, road herping the other night and caught, uh, or yeah, caught, took off the road, probably eight or 10 uh, Northern Pacific rattlesnakes and a couple of California kings. Oof. That's so <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. Like, we found a garter snake yeah, yesterday. I, like, I saw a garter snake. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What's, when, we were, when we were out there field herping and we're road cruising and stuff, and we kept finding the um, uh, Crotalus lutosis, the Great Basin rattlesnakes, and they're like, I feel like the fourth one, they're like, ah, oh, we shouldn't even pull over for them. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I go out there just, um, you know, road hunting. If, you know, I think I must be saving the world of snakes just by – you know, going out and pulling one off the road. And yeah, exactly. That's what I do. I just, you know, cause I'm not bringing anything home. I just take yep. pictures video, you know? So I figure yeah. I'm out there saving, saving the rattlesnakes or saving the cow Kings from being smashed. Yeah. We saw a couple animals that had been hit by cars and it's like, Oh, if we had been there five minutes earlier, we could have caught this beautiful big sure. cow King or, you know, right, right. Yeah. uh, Man. <laughs> I'm very envious. And it's so funny because like that's really road cruising is a huge part of like the herping culture out there. Whereas sure. like out here, we you can't road cruise anything. Like you go out at night, you won't see anything. Unless it's no. raining, you'll see frogs and maybe salamanders in like spring and fall. But that's it. Like up here, you cannot road cruise stuff. You have to go into the woods or, or in edge habitat or stuff like that. Yeah, and if go we have the a, boards and stuff. If we have a, a 90 plus degree day with no moon. That's when we're going out, and oh, it's amazing yeah. how much that moon has to do with the success of finding snakes. Years ago, I would have I would have said, "No, that's not right." But I, I have gone out a few times when the when the temperatures are perfect and there's a full moon, nothing, just nothing. And hmm. I don't know if they instinctively know that that's not a good time for them to be crawling around. But uh, yeah, I, we don't even go out on a full moon; don't just waste our time. Wow, that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So keep that in mind. You know, if you guys find yourselves out herping again, just anticipate if you're working with a full moon that you're probably going to have to work pretty hard. Mm. Hmm. Noted. Yes. Duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that uh, what is it? Um, that Eric from NPR always talks about is moon cycles and, and field herping and stuff. You know, if you think about it, like a lot of the predatory animals, like owls and and other you know things that might be hunting at nighttime. They probably are going to have much better eyesight on the nights that are full moons because there's just that little bit of extra light. Exactly, make a huge difference. And and then you have to wonder if the animals that are being 
preyed upon somehow know that oh, yeah. it's too bright for them to be out. I, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, it's hard for me to imagine that a snake would, or any a lot of other animals would have that type of intelligence, but who am I to say, you know? Yeah. yeah. I bet you there, there is some sort of rhythm in their, in their biology. You know, they have some sort of circadian rhythm that affects that because, you know, they, they, they probably have certain moon cycles that go through how long between hibernation and emergence and all that sort of different stuff. And sure. it's just something that they naturally feel. Into, yeah. into the, to they, their... They've been doing it for a while, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there anything that's like your favorite thing to find? Is there anything that when you find it, you're like, oh, yeah. I'm super oh, yeah. Well, well, there's two, really. Okay. Uh, it uh, cow kings are fun to find because they're just mm. so, there's so much, you know, it's black and white. It's just so much contrast. But yeah. number one for me is the Zanata, is the mountain king snake. Yes. Right? The tri colored mountain king snake. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, uh, to find one of those, I've only found four or five in my whole life. And there's only one place where I've, where I have been able to find them. So that's the, one of the places I go almost on a day to day basis. And, you know, here I am, you know, uh, probably been looking for these guys seriously for 10 years, almost daily. And I've only found four. Mm, <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah. That's my favorite is the Zanata. It's just a beautiful tricolored mountain king snake that you just can't believe uh it, it, that you're yes. you know, it's an animal that you're looking at you can't believe your eyes you know it's just mm -hmm. such eye candy you know yeah <sighs> that's so that's exciting awesome. that, that that's kind of how i feel about timber rattlesnakes up here since mm -hmm. they're endangered and it, it, there's very few places where you can actually see them so i've gone to a few different spots and i've i've been like when i lived close to the area i would go out three, four, five times a week looking for them. And yeah. I only ever found one. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was over the moon when I found that one, but like <laughs> every other time that you go out there and it's just nothing and nothing yeah. and nothing. And you're looking at like, that's a good spot. That's a good spot. It looks like it would hang out here and nothing, nothing, nothing. It's just another one for me would have to be the San Francisco garter snake. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I was just at where I find them. I was there yesterday looking for them and didn't see one at all. Man. it's yeah, crazy because well, like a species like that feels so exotic from, uh, yeah. here, from being here on the from east coast at, yeah. you know what i mean and it's like our yeah, garter snake you know yeah they're okay you yeah. know but like over there it's like no look at this it's like the craziest garter snake you've ever seen yeah. and it's like yeah. doesn't even if register that and, and the experience of finding them in the wild is just so it's to me it, it just enhances the experience and the the fun of the whole, you know, of, of that, 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 you know, adventure of catching or finding that, those snakes. And, you know, San Francisco garter snakes are on the endangered species list and, and to have them so rare and so beautiful is just a, you know, it's a double whammy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Man. Mm. Okay. So, okay, wait, so I have to bring this up cause I think, I think it was Brian Cusco who mentioned this. Brian uh, on a Brian Cusco. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh, damn. Damn. Owned. Owned. Brian's doing another. Yeah, Brian's doing another podcast right now. So I'm going to make sure if they're still going and we're done, I jump on and be like, hey, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> well, don't tell him I said that. He knew. I, he knows I wouldn't say that. Too. 
No, so Brian was telling me that uh, that he had gone field herping with you. I don't remember how long ago it was, but like you like dove down somewhere and like popped back up and like both hands are like full of snakes. <laughs> Where the hell is that, Brian? <laughs> you know, when I when I when I took those guys and him and Kaufman, I took those guys out herping. I said, you know, guys, it's probably best that you guys walk behind me because when I um, see an animal and and I where I'm finding the San Francisco garter snakes. I know there are no rattlesnakes, so I don't have to take that, you know, the nanosecond to figure it out. Is it is it a rattler or is it not? And if it's not, right, right. I'm airborne. So I just <laughs> suggest that people walk behind me because if I see something and I'm I'm going for it, I will. I will <laughs> sacrifice, I'll sacrifice. I mean, I have, you you should see. Sometimes I come up with bloody legs, bloody arms, but I got that snake. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome! I'm I'm just saying I need to witness this in real life. I'm that's all, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> in fact, I, I remember when I uh, was with Kaufman and Brian, and uh, or maybe it was with Garrett Hartle and Brian, and we were out herping, and uh, I went airborne, and Brian said to Garrett, "Hey, did you did you get that on video or whatever? You know, because <laughs> here you've got this eighty year old dude out there jumping on the ground catching snakes." Or something. <laughs> That's so awesome. It'll be oh, it'll be a sad day when I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Dude. Ah. I, I, man. If that's not me when I'm your age, I'm gonna be very upset. Yeah, the same. Uh, and feel free if you guys ever find yourselves out here in the San Francisco Bay Area, I'll I'll show you my spots. Just let me know. You know. Man. Hell yeah. I think that needs to be a trip. I think it sounds <laughs> like a trip. I'm just yeah. saying, it sounds like a trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh I'm so gosh. excited for things to start opening up so I can start traveling again because after I went to yeah. Utah, now I'm like, I gotta go feel the herping. I gotta go do some things. I gotta yeah. go check things out because <laughs> like I was we were in a spot where we could see, you know, um Pyromelena and like a bunch of different other stuff. Wow. And um we're we're looking around and, and Gila monsters and all that sort of stuff. In Utah? Yeah, yeah, like way southwest Utah, oh, like the awesome. very southern west corner. Um and uh after finding some of those things i was like man i need to go to some place where i can find will Ardai and and melosis i need to see more rattlesnakes <laughs> cerberus <laughs> i need to see them yeah i'm one of those guys uh that you know i see rattlesnakes almost every time i go herping but uh, i honestly hope i never see another one <laughs> really oh yeah. no i love them so I, much i actually got bit by a rattlesnake about 30 years ago and Oh wow! Went into a coma for three days and almost died. Damn. So oh, I'm, gosh. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm very respectful of them. <laughs> yeah, you're the white you're bird. Good. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, uh, I, you know, I say hello, I take pictures, I take video, and I say goodbye, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> there are many times, you know, you guys obviously know Nick the Wrangler, right? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Nick, you know, he's out there catching these rattlesnakes. In his, you know, field herping, and he's, um, you know, he's catching him in his hands, and he's got him laying in his hands. And I'm thinking, Ugh. you know, one of these days, just one of these days, something's yeah. gonna go wrong, and I hope, yeah. hope he's okay. You know, he he can just rebrand. He could be Nick the One Hand Wrangler. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There we go. There you go. Rebrand him. Right? I want royalties on that, Nick. I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, oh my man. gosh. So is there a place that uh that that you haven't gotten to field her yet, either in California or or elsewhere that you're like, man, I need to at some point get get out there? No. Uh, I would love to get out into the Mojave Desert more mm-hmm. because the cow kings that live that are the desert phase cow kings are much brighter mm. black and much brighter white. Yeah. And, uh, because I'm a I used to be a colubrid breeder and I used to do cow kings. That's kind of that that would be a, a fun thing to just catch an amazingly gorgeous black and white cow king in the wild. Yeah. But other than that, you know. Um, the Bay Area is such an amazing place to find all sorts of different types of animals, um, not only snakes, but uh, no, I, you know, I, I have the Zanatas right here, the Mountain Kings. I have the San Francisco Garter Snakes. I have rubber boas. It's all right here. I just uh, rattlesnakes. I don't have, there's nothing driving me to move, move outside the area. Uh, I dig that. I dig it. I dig yeah. that. That must be that must be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I look at every driven to be to go other places to find you know like a pyro or something like that. Even though they're gorgeous and but nah, I I I I'm doing I'm happy right here. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool, man. That's yeah. cool. Because uh, I I mean I like some of the stuff that we've got around here, but I feel like there's so much more diversity elsewhere that I just like would really like to get out there and see some more of the diversity that's out there. Because like yeah. when, when I went to Utah, we were catching like uh, horn toads and we yeah, sure. Gila monsters. And, and, we, and we have horn toads here in the area. That's awesome. There, there's a coastal horn toad that lives right here in the Bay area. That's Very so rare. To find, I've, I've caught one years and years ago, but. That's so yeah. cool. That is pretty awesome. I mean, the other night, a friend of mine and I went out herping. We got, we found 12 uh, Northern Pacific rattlers, three or four cow kings, a glossy snake, uh, a couple of gopher snakes, you know, yeah. and we have long nose at, you know, at the uh, same herping oh, place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. place that goes. So, I yeah, there's those. a lot of diversity right here, you know, right within, you know, half a mile or half hour from my house. That's beautiful. That's sense. awesome. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I mean, it, it yeah, we don't have much diversity. Yeah. No, here. we have in, like in New England. It's, it's a, I mean, yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, like, so we have it's no lizards. Yeah. Yeah. So we, so we have no lizard species. Oh, really? Yeah. None whatsoever. So that's why, like, when, when we went to Florida, we're like geeking out over little oh. holes because it's <laughs> yeah. like a lizard, a freaking lizard. It's awesome. Are you guys, are you guys familiar with the Skilton's skink? The no, blue-tailed no. skink. The blue-tailed uh, skink, yeah. Like five lines or? Yeah, no, yeah, no, it's not a five line, but it sort of looks, <laughs> you could mistake it for a five line. Okay. But the immature phase of that lizard has a blue, beautiful blue tail. And uh, they're just amazing. That's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I want. Bellies and things like that. But, uh, and uh yeah, there's one of my favorites. But you, if you look at them wrong, their tails will fall off. So yeah. <laughs> yeah the, when I went to Arizona, the band of geckos that I found, the first one I caught, its tail like immediately snapped. And then yeah. after that, I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to touch them. I'll just take a picture of them on the ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I felt so bad. Yeah. No, I feel I feel really bad. You know, if it's if it's an owl, I I never I very rarely will catch blue bellies these days, but I almost always will catch an alligator lizard if I find one. Ooh, oh yes, those are so cool. Yes. Oh yeah, I saw I saw one the other day that was close to probably fifteen inches long. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, I I couldn't catch it, but it was one of the biggest one I've I've seen in many many years. 
That's Damn. really cool. You got to wonder how old those those particular animals are when they're like yeah, sure. exceptionally big for their species. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That'd be yeah, so cool. Sure. Man, we got we got to go herping, Rob. I we got to go herping. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Now I'm all geeked to go field herping. Come on out, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give Let's you see, the tour. We, we got to do it before the uh, the airplane prices go. Oh my gosh! Traveling. It's already happening. I know. Everything else. Huh? It's yeah, it's already happened. I'm so I'm supposed to be in uh in the north in the North Carolina area in uh in about a week or so. And uh when I was originally trying to finalize flights and everything, I was like, why does it cost almost double for the same flight? Yeah, you know, that I was taking before. So I'm like, it's literally even with gas prices being higher, it's yeah. still cheaper for me to just drive. And you as have much as I don't want to spend that long in a car. And how know. much worse is it gonna get, you know? Yeah, no, I know exactly, exactly. So yeah, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need the uh, airlines to figure out what the heck they're doing because uh, I ain't spending 500 bucks to go to California when it used to cost me 225 round trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome though. I man, yeah, field herping needs to. Are happen. there uh, any bigger expos that you're planning on going to? Expos? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'll be at Sacramento, uh, in, when is it? Um, I want to say maybe August or September. Okay. I'm probably only going to do about three shows around here. I only do the shows in the Bay area. I don't, uh, I don't travel. You know, if I do travel, it's only, you know, like a hundred miles or so. And because there are usually three or four or five shows in the Bay area on an annual basis, I really don't have to go anywhere else, you know, and again, I don't have a huge collection. So if I sell 20 snakes that, you know, that might be sold. I might be sold out by then, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one thing that people don't think about if they're, you know, if they're not going completely all in on the, the reptiles thing, they're like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, make my collection and do some clutches. And then, you know, we're going to go to all the expos. And it's like, if you sell all your babies before you get to the expo, what are you going to do for the expo? <laughs> yeah. And, some, and sometimes, you know, I even hold back some of the babies so that I will have animals at the expo because I love, I love the expos. They're just, just it's just like Christmas to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cause yeah, I get to see all my old, all my friends and make new friends. Yeah. It's just oh, a blast. Yeah. That's awesome. That, that definitely is one of my favorite parts of, of expos these days, especially as like we were saying at the, at the start of this all, like yeah. the industry is expanding. at such a crazy rate, you know, and these expos really serve as that, you know, get sure. to meet these people moments, you know, when, especially right. over the last year, yeah, there's really been no person to person, anything, you know? So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely an element of, uh, of the industry that I'm excited for kind of coming back into play on a more frequent basis. Sure. sure. So yeah, I gotta get to those expos, dude. I think oh, yeah. that, uh, when I was younger, I definitely was like, I gotta be that guy behind the table. I really want to be a vendor. I really want to do that. And then yeah. now, as I've I've gotten older, I'm like, man, I just want to go to the expo and hang out and talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'd much rather not vend and and work. I'd rather just talk to people and, and look sure. at all the animals and stuff because when i'm behind the table i'm like looking around i'm like is there a minute where i can go look around and see what other animals everybody's got <laughs> i just want to see what's around at the expo and, and most vendors have a hard time doing that you know because yep. they're stuck at our tables you know yep uh, that's but, what... but the the relationships the interaction between people and it's just you know it's like a it's like 
coming back to a big family reunion every time I go, especially the ones oh, that are local, you know, because a lot of the local shows I've been doing for the last 25 years. So I, some of these people been, I've known for 25 years and I've watched their children grow up and some of them are now, you know, have grandchildren. <laughs> and wow. uh, so that's, it's a, it's a really, it's, it's not only just a sort of an outside relationship, but it's a, it's a community Bay area community type thing also that we, yeah. you know, we get to experience. That's that's awesome. I I really dig that. Man, that that really just for me is what the expos really are all about. Yeah. You know, like I I think we we hear it a lot when we go to Tinley. It's like the mm, the yeah. two the Tinley two family. annual family reunions that happen, yeah. you know, and it's like man, and it, it's interesting when you can get into an area like like exactly what you described in the Bay Area cuz a lot of times the smaller the smaller communities because those shows usually don't happen very often mm-hmm. you know like i mean i think about like the new hampshire show up here it used to only happen what twice a year twice a year you know so it's not really a, a you know you see somebody and then they're generally not ever showing up again or you're not going right. to see them for six months or they're not doing that show so you only see them once a year for sure. 10 minutes sure. you know but to get into that kind of zone where it's like no, you know what this is we see each other enough where you know you can establish that relationship with them and that that yeah. man, there's there's nothing better than that man you know geeking out about reptiles with other reptile geeks you know sure. that's that's what it's about <laughs> and then when i do the, the local shows so not only am i do i have animals on the table for sale but mm-hmm. i have animals crawling all over the place so that people can pick them up and and enjoy them because i'm also pro- also promoting the the program side of my the presentation side of my business yeah, and yeah, able sure. to do sort of both at the same time. That's awesome too. Is is there um is there one uh education experience that uh over the years has like really stood out to you uh the most like or, or was the most impactful for you? Well <laughs> this is gonna sound kind of strange for some people, maybe. Uh one of the most memorable moments I've ever had was I was, um, I had just finished doing a preschool or a elementary school or something. And I'm packing up the animals and the kids are getting ready. You know, the teachers are getting the kids ready to go back to their classroom or something. And this little girl comes up to me and she puts her arms around my waist or around my legs and gives me the biggest hug in the world. And she goes, I love you. after doing my educational presentation with the reptiles and it was just you know it was just so genuine it was um and yeah so that's definitely one of my favorite moments and we did a program for uh google uh, that we did their christmas party at the fairmont yeah at the fairmont hotel in san francisco for for 750 people and i oh my gosh and i videotaped it it's on youtube um and that and it was a four hour meet and greet and it was just a blast wow it, it, it's it, insane it, dude yeah and people think that children are are really the greatest audiences when it comes to snakes and herbs and stuff. not even close it's the adults that are the they're just crack you up because they're just like little they're ad- adult kids and they're most of them are scared to death they've been brainwashed <laughs> they're gonna get killed and and you know, bit and who strangled and whatever. And, 
and to watch the the you know these adults google employees some of them vps and stuff you know oh they're just you, know, they're, you think they were going to pee their pants you know <laughs> <laughs> they're like so quick, quick, use use us and figure out if this is dangerous or not <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely a, a one of the favorites too that's yeah. insane. That's ins- 750 people. I know. I've never done a program. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane, dude. Yeah, it was great, and it was a meet and greet, so it was just continuous. They had me in a cycle of people. Yeah, yeah exactly. And we they had a photo area where they you know sat down and we draped the berm, the albino berm over him, you know, mm-hmm. couples and things like that. And they, they had a professional photographer that was handing out photographs and stuff. And it was it was a lot of fun. That's really cool. That is awesome. Yeah, kudos to you, Google. Yeah, man. <laughs> That, that first story that you told reminds me of a, a tour that I had probably a little over a year ago where it was a little girl who was like really into reptiles and her family. Yeah. And yeah. so we go through and we're, we're showing them, you know, some reticulated pythons, some ball pythons, some water monitors. And she is like in it. She's like, no, I want to hold everything. And yeah. I'm like, you know, yeah. the monitors kind of got sharp claws. So like, and she's yeah. like, no, 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 I'll hold them. And then uh, right at the end of the tour, her mom was like, did you have a good time? And she's like, when I grow up, I'm going to have a whole room full of snakes. And her mom was like, oh, and she's like, wait, no, I'm not going to have a room full of snakes. And her mom was like, you're not going to have a room full of snakes. And she said, no, I'm going to have a house full of snakes. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this girl was like seven you know years old. And she probably will, right? <laughs> oh, she's, oh, she's oh, going yeah. to. Oh, she's going to. Because she was like, oh, I watch Emily from Snake Discovery. And I watch Brian oh. and, and Nerd and all these things. And she's She's like, I can't wait until I can have my whole house full of snakes. And I was like, yes, you can come back whenever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's so cool to see people that are that young that are just like, this is what I want to do. I remember being that kid. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny at the beginning of my program, when I start sort of the audience participation segment of my program, I will usually bring the, if I'm doing a birthday party, I'll use bring the birthday child up mm-hmm. in front of the audience and start just, you know, working with the child so that we can, between the child and I can teach the rest of the audience how to handle the animals, how gentle they are, whatever. So I start draping snakes. We start out with the, you know, five or six year old kid with a, you know, with a snake or ball python, you know, you know, holding it with his two hands. And then we go from there and we start draping snakes. So before, before you know it, this little kid's got three snakes, three ball pythons wrapped around his shoulders and he's, <laughs> got, and he's got one in his arms. And some of them, some of the kids are as calm and relaxed as, as could be with, with these snakes just, and mom and dad are out there freaking out. You know? yeah, of course, like, oh my God. Ha, ha, ha. By the end of my, my programs, the way I've designed the program, by the end of the program, almost every single person is just as calm. They're, they're picking up snakes or, you know, they're, they're picking up Burmese Python. They're just, it's just a blast to see that transformation, you know, and yeah. uh, that's the thrill for me. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about doing programs is seeing somebody who at the beginning of the program is like, oh, I can't do it. They just like, they are so (laughs) tense and there's nothing relaxed about them. And at the end of the program, you see them like holding a ball python, like looking at it and being like, wow, these things are actually really cool. And just that it's crazy that in one hour you can take someone from being terrified to appreciating something. Yeah. I have a a memory where uh, there was a, 
probably an 18 year old woman in the audience and she was at the, in the back of the audience. And I, you know, you, you can tell, I can tell just by their body language, which, mm -hmm. which ones are scared to death and which ones are not. Right. <laughs> yep. and, so by, by the end of the program and this woman was literally shaking, she was scared and she, it, it was obvious to the whole audience that she was just having a tough, tough time. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the program, she's got a snake wrapped around her neck and she's kind of hugging on and kissing it and whatever. And she goes, <laughs> to her mom. she goes to her mom. She goes, mom, now I know what you can get me for my next birthday. Or uh, yes. It's yeah. a snake, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, if I can, if I can make that happen, then that's made, that makes my day. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Have you ever had any like older people come in and, and be like, you know, I was afraid of these things my whole life and you just completely changed my mind. Almost every time, almost yeah. every program. Yeah. I, I had a couple. I hope to hear that kind of stuff because, you know, it's really, you know, I don't get into the physiology. I don't get into reproduction. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to get there to educate them on the anatomy of, of reptiles or anything like that. To me, my job is to take the fear out of the whole experience. And if mm -hmm. I can do that, then, you know, if I can create a, per, you know, you know, recreate a person to have a, a little bit better understanding, well then, hey, I, that's all I, that's all I can ask for. You know? Absolutely. It's, it's so funny because um, zoo creatures, our pet store is open to the public. So we get like a lot of people that come in there. We used to have like puppies and kittens and birds yeah. and all this different stuff, uh -huh. but we kind of shifted more towards reptiles. But even over the last four years, I had a lot of people who come in who just like come in to buy their cat or dog food there and they'll come over to the reptile room and just look around. And you can just see the people who are all tense and their arms are crossed <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, it's gross. And I always love to go to those people and I'm like, look, what can we do to get you to touch a snake right now? What can we get to do to get you to hold the snake? And even if they won't, even if they won't hold it, even just getting them to pet it and touch it, um, mm -hmm. it is a win for me. And I had a woman come in and she's like, Oh, I'm fine with the snakes. I'm fine with the lizards, but Oh my goodness, tarantulas, spiders. I cannot do it. She's <laughs> like, ever since I was a young girl, I was afraid of spiders. I've been afraid of them my whole life. And she's like, I don't think that you're going to be able to change my mind. And within uh, probably 20, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, I got her to hold the tarantula. And she's yeah. like, I don't know why I was afraid of these things. It's yeah. so, and it's yeah. soft and so cool. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah, when you get to see that switch go off. Oh, yeah. That's, that's you just know you got them. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so much fun. Like I said, I get to do one tomorrow and then two on Saturday, on Sunday. So, you know, it's like, um, I, I'm looking forward to it so much. It's, and I, you know, yeah. and I look forward to it every, every single time I do them because I know exactly what I'm going to experience. And a lot of times now what I do is I kind of, you know, as you do these programs and I've done hundreds of them, you still try to improve on what you do, what you say or whatever to, yes. mm -hmm. to make that transition more easier. But so what I've been doing now is I've been telling my audiences that, you know, at the beginning of the program, I'll just say, if you know, if you like puppies, you know, raise your hand and be, you know, and most people like puppies. Right. So, and I'll just tell them that if you like puppies, you're going to love snakes. And as I say that I'm actually kissing. The <laughs> snake. Yeah. And I'm, and so I'm portraying this, you know, weird dude that kisses snakes mm. as soon as I begin the program. And it starts from there. It's just, uh, you know, 
and I don't want the kids to be kissing the snakes, you know? Yeah. 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 But, um, but that seems to be one of the things that's working toward getting them to transition is that these animals are just super, super gentle. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I like to tell people, because a lot of people are like super hesitant of that first touch and they're like, it's yeah. going to be slimy. It's going to yeah. be. And the thing that I've I've gone to now is I usually tell people, look, it feels just like an iPhone. And then they go and I, I'm holding an iPhone in my hand right now. And they're like, it does not feel like an iPhone. And then they touch it and they're like, OK, it kind of feels like an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> and and because they, they've got that association with, oh, I like my phone. I touch my phone all the time. If it feels like my phone, then it's not bad. And then they touch it and they're like, oh, oh, that, that feels just like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that it's that slimy thing that most people have been yeah. bought, bought into, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then exactly once they get that it. first touch in there, then you get their hand underneath part of it. And then after that, it's all it's over. A wrap. Oh, yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah, it's, go- all, it's all about the touch. If I can yeah. get everybody to touch a snake or whatever, a lizard or whatever. Yeah, it's just, it's all about the touch. And that's yeah. why at the end of my programs, I just let all my animals go. And everyone that wants to just picks up everything and what they just, you know, and there's a lot of, um, you know, beforehand uh, conversation that's going on to make sure they don't touch their heads and they're not staring into their faces and they're, you know, things like that, but right. uh, no pinching, pulling or squeezing, you know, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a blast. Definitely. Mm. That's so awesome. I love that. That's, Man, that's setting it up for the future, man. Yeah, that's and what it's and, all about, dude. It really is because there's a lot of people who talk a lot of smack online, and they're like, "Well, uh, th- this person's not doing education right. This person's not education right." And it's like, "Well, what are you doing to teach people?" And they're not. They're at home arguing with people on Facebook uh, yeah, or yeah. on YouTube or on blah blah blah, and they're not actually doing programs. They're not actually out there changing people's lives. They're just yeah. talking smack on the internet. <laughs> that's right. what it boils down to. Yeah, I figured that uh, I've. Um, presented for over 50,000 children. Now, I'm not even counting adults, but we we think that we've uh, done programs for over 50,000 children. That's incredible. <laughs> and, we, and we've not had a single issue as any injuries, bites, or anything. None. That's awesome. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the best part. <laughs> oh, abs- of course. Absolutely. I, I think one of the the biggest things for me, like the, I certainly haven't been doing education stuff as long as the both of you have. But uh, when I was doing stuff like that, like, as we were just saying, like the touch element of the educational program is, is arguably the most important part when you're trying to get the the mind to change, you know, and it's, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy to see, cause you can, talk to people until you're blue in the face about how wonderful these animals are and you know how chill they are and whatever but that's really at least in my experience when you oh. see that switch go yeah. off when that finger touches the, even if it's like the tip of the tip you get that one person that's like sure. and, and then being able to touch. take that that touch to the next level and then yeah. out and drape a pied over some kid's neck <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like Wow, it's just and and then to have mom standing there and wondering how in the world her son, her four year old son, <laughs> is being so calm with a snake wrapped around his shoulders and yeah, that's just yeah. That's that's also the best ammo too. It's like, hey mom, yeah. listen, if the, the four year old's yeah. doing it, come on, oh, yeah, man. yeah. 
Oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Take as much ammo as you can get. Come on, Mom. Hey, hold the damn snake. <laughs> oh, man. It's funny because you'll see that uh, during the, the bigger programs where you'll see, like, these three-year-olds come up and they're holding a ball python and, like, petting it and touching it and everything. And you'll see someone who's an adult in the back of the room, like, shaking. And you're like, okay, why are you shaking? But this child is, like, loving yeah. this snake. Why are you afraid but they're not? And that, and that actually, uh, when when I do the programs for the schools and stuff, and uh, it actually helps to transition the adults into it because the adults are watching all these kids walk around with snakes over their shoulders. So they must be able to do it too, you know? And uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's That's before all. you get that, that level of the learned fear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I call it time. washing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I just, I, you know, I mean, think about it, you know, culturally speaking, most societies have a internal fear of snakes, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, most cultures do. And, some of them are just deathly afraid of, them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which it, which is crazy. It really is crazy because it's mm-hmm. like, man, if you if you took, you know, five minutes to to like research mm-hmm. what a snake does, mm-hmm. like you, you'd be like, yeah. oh, you know, most, oh, that's not that bad. Are. Yeah, but Jeremy, most people don't have that level of interest. You know, think about this it. Is true. Yeah. As a society, there's what only two to four percent of the people. At, you know, have reptiles or whatever it is. Have you guys heard those numbers? It's, it's growing. It it's is good. growing though. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's growing in the Bay Area. That's <laughs> right. Do you, do you guys have a local herb society out there, or is there? Like- uh, we have. Um, there was one that that just broke up recently. Uh, there's nothing here in the Bay Area. There's a few North Bay up by. Um, uh, Sausalito, uh, north of Golden Gate Bridge, mm-hmm. and then there's one I think over uh, uh, over kind of by where Freedom Breeder is in the Lodi area. There's a okay. there's a group out there too. Okay, that's cool. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so Brian, we're rounding down our time here, mm-hmm. but before we do that. And I think I, I might already know the answer to this, but maybe I won't. So who knows? So we ask all of our guests one final culminating question. Uh, so that question is, what in the realm of reptiles, be it something in your own collection, something you've seen while you're scrolling through the Internet, because that's all our lives were reduced to for a really long time. Um, <laughs> what in the realm of reptiles has you excited about reptiles? Uh, I would say the pied clown project Ooh, and yeah. yes. you can think of taking that and you just use your imagination of, what, of how many different uh, avenues you can take that. But that for me right now is uh, the pinnacle and that's where I'm moving, moving every, all of my um, everything, all of the directions I'm going is toward that project or those, that combo. Yeah. Cool. And, you know, yeah. I hope, you know, hopefully, you know, later on through the seasons, you know, we'll end up with, you know, six or seven gene combos, but two of them being pied and clown. Heck yeah. That would be yeah. awesome. That would also be amazing odds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. 
Interesting. What are, what are you thinking? I I love Pied Clown, so I'm I'm here for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I want to get one eventually because back in the day when I had bought my first Bumblebee for like eight hundred dollars and <laughs> and uh, was looking at like what would be the coolest ball python morph I could combo I could think of. Uh, super pastel pied clown was like the thing that I talked to all my friends. I was like, when I see super pastel pied clown, that's going to be the coolest ball Python morph and no one's going to be able to top it. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel similarly. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I have Fair. a pastel pied clown. Does that work? <laughs> Those are cool too. Those are, I was just thinking, cause like, uh, pied, uh, when it doesn't have pastel can be a little bit on the darker side. Yeah. So if you put pastel in there, it brightens things up. And so, yeah. I just went. And I'm looking forward to you know Orange Dream into the Pie Clown project. Ooh, and Enchi, yes, like, you know definitely Enchi in there and oh yeah, Leopard. and Gold Blush, you know. Mm. Oh yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. That's me. Absolutely, yeah. We we after talking with uh, with Ozzy yesterday on where like some of the clown pied and pied combos and and stuff are going, I'm like, oh, we're not ready for the insanity that the next few <laughs> years has to offer us. <laughs> Yeah, for real. It's nice. These guys are gonna definitely take it to the next level. That's for sure. They already yeah. have. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, sheesh. <laughs> All right, Brian. So if people want to find out more about you, if they want to check out what you've got going on, where can they find you? Sure. Uh, I'm uh, mostly on Instagram these days. I'm not doing YouTube much, and that's just much easier for me to do. And uh, you can call me at four zero eight nine eight one six six nine four. You can email me at fg snakes at sbcglobal.net and if you're a beginner reptile person and you're trouble you're having some troubles getting started and you think you might be able to if it makes sense that you think i might be able to help you guys please just reach out and i'll help out any way i can you don't have to buy my snakes you don't have to do anything i'm here to help what a guy boom damn awesome thank you man we seriously we appreciate, appreciate hanging out with you man it's been a blast we definitely and, have to have you back at some and again, point. And thank you guys for doing what you guys do too. Oh, we, we appreciate it, it man. You, man. And and we we we're gonna have to, you know, maybe plan a trip. Yeah, to, to the area for some field herping. Just bring it <laughs> up. <laughs> cool. All right, Brian. Well, thank you so much, man. We really do appreciate it. Have a great Very rest good. of your night. Take care. Man. All right, you guys do the same. Take All care. Right.